Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Automation Morning Show. My name is Sean Tierney from the Automation Blog and School. And this is a show where I take a look at what's new and happening in industrial automation. I hope you all are having a great morning today. We actually have a big thunderstorm going on right now, so you may hear some noise in the background. But in any case, the show must go on, so I'm praying that the power stays on. In any case, uh, with that said, um, let's go ahead and jump into it here. And we'll start with uh, thanking our sponsor who's underwriting the cost of producing the show this morning. Uh, this is theautomationschool.com. So if you know anybody who needs PLC, HMI, or skater training, please ask them to check out theautomationschool.com. From there, we go over to a new press release from Schneider Electric. I thought this was really interesting. This is about their, um, their what they're calling their Advi resource Advisor Copilot. So this is an AI system based on large language model technology, like most modern AI systems are. And this is allowed to allow their Resource Advisor users to be able to use this Copilot, right? To be able to ask it about or query the data that is inside its Resource Advisor. And they're hoping this will help people, you know, save energy and increase uptime and so on. And I thought it was a very interesting concept, very interesting uh, press release. And uh, this is going into beta next month. So, and they're hoping to have it out by uh, late this year or early 2024. So in any case, if you're interested, especially if you're using their resource advisor or looking at implementing it, this is a very interesting press release. From there, we go over to another press release. And this is from Emerson. And this is also about AI, right? But this talks about using it as part of their revamp, R-E-V-A-M-P system. And what this system is, it's a way to take your old legacy control systems, DCSs, PLCs, and convert them into their modern programming language for Delta V. And um, they're thinking that this can save you up to 15% of the capital costs of making that move. And um, the article kind of goes through and explains this, but what I thought was interesting about it is they literally have thousands of projects they have already, already converted, right, to Delta V. And so they've put this into their, their uh, system and developed algorithms, right, so that when they take a legacy code from a PLC or DCS system and put it in, their algorithms, their AI, let me see if I can say that better, their algorithms, their AI, will convert most of it to the modern system. Now, this isn't new. Companies have done this a lot. I know some companies, you know, the instruction sets aren't the same. So we've seen in the past where companies will actually, when you import it, it'll actually create the code to mimic how that old instruction would work. We used to see this with the Micro 800 a lot from Rockwell, right? So it's great that they're investing in this. And what they do is in, on every project, they review the conversion from the system and they tweak it to make it even better. So, and that's the way you want to do it, right? You constantly want to be tweaking those algorithms to make them more reliable and better and work better, right? Just like you would do uh, like an import routine. So very interesting. I wanted to share that with you. Over to Yaskawa, and uh, they're talking about um, being at PAX, PAX Expo, PAX Expo. Yeah, it, it feels like Monday again. They're talking about their uh, booth at PAC, PAC Expo on September 13th. Uh, 11th through 13th in Vegas. And um, one of the things that caught my eye, I don't cover all of these because there's going to be a lot of vendors there, right? But one of the things that caught my eye here about this announcement was that they're going to be doing 3D bin picking. 
So, you know, it's easy to program a robot or fairly easy to program a robot to pick up items off of a conveyor. That's a flat surface and all the items are orientated, you know, at least in one dimension all the same, right? They may be rotated, but um, what they're doing here, though, is they're going to demo how they can pick uh, out of a bin that has like all the parts just kind of mixed up. And the way they're going to accomplish this is with using a Keyance 3D vision system. So uh, Keyance is one of the companies we follow, and it's interesting to see these two companies working together to uh, attack that type of application, which is uh, typically a more difficult application to solve. So I thought that was interesting. I did want to share a picture with the, uh, of the actual model they'll be uh, demoing. This is the GP8L. So uh, if you're watching, you can see it right there. Okay, from there we go over to a press release from Cognix. Now Cognix is uh, announced they're going to acquire Moritex Corporation. And uh, apparently they're a leader in machine vision and optics. And um, apparently Cognix is doing this to get into that or to get deeper into the Japanese market because it's a high growth market in Japan. So congratulations on to Cognix for their acquisition or for their preliminary moves to acquire Moritex. From there we go into our featured product of today. I am featuring the S7 PLC course, online training course from theautomationschool.com. And uh, this course is uh, growing. I just added another lesson way, way, way down here at the bottom. There's over 100 lessons, exercises, and quizzes already. But this is the bonus section where I'm going through building your own trainers. So a, kind of a how-to. Uh, we were looking at selling trainers, but they have like a 10-week lead time. And the base unit is, without a PLC, is over two grand. So, you know, it's kind of expensive. And I think a lot of people are, who are learning at home you know, they want to learn, they want to build their own trainers. So I've covered the plastic boards and I just updated the miscellaneous hardware. And I can definitely say I'm going to add some more uh, video to that lesson. That lesson will grow over time. But in any case, um, this course is, is, um, is uh, really covers all, everything you need to know about the S7 1200 1500. And I do plan on doing some new lessons on that this week. We're going to be adding more bonus lessons. So interviews with Seaman. This is, this is the only course on the market that has several hours of interviews with experts right from Siemens included as bonus lessons. So um, in any case, you'll be seeing this, uh, this course grow some more this week as I film some more lessons before moving on to the next course, which I have to supplement before filming the new courses. So with that, we go over to our next article here. This was actually, I thought this was interesting. I found this on the product support page. It was a new product announcement from Siemens. And this is on their Cymatic RF1140R and RF1170R, and these are RFID readers, okay? But these are designed for like ID badges, right? Or ID cards. So I thought this was very interesting. They look like, if you're listening and not watching, they look like small HMIs. They would mount inside your, the door of your control panel typically, or maybe on the side. And um, they, just, they just have the, uh, like a wireless symbol on the front. And uh, what I did here, is I pulled up, these are the 70s. You can see they do have an OEM model here with no label on it. So you don't have to have the Siemens logo on the top. And they, uh, I did want to pull up what the ID cards look like. These come in packs of five. And it looks like your standard white, you know, credit card size card. So um, we talked about this quite a bit because, you know, people steal passwords. Pass passwords are easy to crack. And so we talked quite a bit about using devices like this with our panel PCs to log into our system so that we have a more secure system requiring a physical ID on site. So very interesting. I wanted to share that with you this morning. 
From there, we go over to an article at isa.com, or actually at automation.com, the ISA's website, and it's entitled Digital Transformation Transforms Industrial Automation Hardware Market. And uh, this is ostensibly, I think this is an article trying to sell ABI Research's $4,500 report, which I won't be purchasing anytime soon. But I did think it was an interesting, if, if short, article talking about the global market for automation. They do talk about PLCs. They talk a little bit about market share. They're, they're talking about the current value of the market. Um, right here, they're talking it's about $38.7 billion in 2023. And they're expecting it to grow to $64 billion in, by 2033. And uh, of that $64 billion, they expect the PLC market to be $30 billion, $30 billion of that. And, um, you know, they, they talk about all the, the what's happening in the industry. They name drop the S7-1500 virtual PLC. And uh, they talk about all the different big players that are in the market. So quite a short article, but I still found it interesting. I wanted to share it with you this morning. From there, we go over to a new article from SME. Now, this is the Society for Manufacturing Engineers. And it's, a, it's an article about cobots letting them do the dirty and repetitive jobs. So this is great to add to your cobot collections if you're trying to get more cobots or get cobots into your facility. This is a great article to add to that collection. It goes through like your grinding and your sanding applications. And I'm not going to go through every bullet that's in this, uh, in this article, but I did want to talk about three simple steps that they do include, you know, to get started with cobots. The first is they're proposing the 80-20 rule for your cobot. So maybe let the cobot do 80% of the polishing and then let the humans do the last 20%, the finer stuff, right? So that would definitely reduce the amount of programming you had to do because you're going to leave the fine stuff to your uh, human coworkers. Um, they say also say number two is don't buy more cobots than you need. And number three is start small. So maybe get a one cobot, test it out, get some success with that, and then build on that. So all great recommendations. And I thought it was a very interesting article, but it reminded me of one of the shows we had recently with Flexiv. They make adaptive industrial robots and cobots with advanced force control. This was podcast 153, if you're uh, listening. And uh, I stopped the video here because one of the things they do with their advanced force control is they are able to follow contours. Okay, so in this example where I paused the video, and let me see if I can mute it and play it here for the video audience. You can see that this uh, robot arm, this cobot, is actually polishing a curved piece of plastic. And um, because they have such good force control, they know that they have to apply that force. So as the robot moves, as the curved surface goes down, it has to apply more force to keep that, that set point, right? Just like a PID, right? So very interesting stuff. They have a lot of examples of this in the video. And I, I really enjoyed uh, uh, filming the episode, and uh, Connor was great to work with. So um, if you're interested in that, please check that out. That is Flexive, and they were on episode 153 of the podcast. From there, we go over to the video of the day, and this is from Opto22. This is another one in their series. And this one is about Groove Manage. Yeah, let me see if I can say that again. Groove Manage Node Red. And... Um, you know, if you're not familiar with Node-RED, Node-RED can be used as an easy way to get data from your control system into, like, send it out MQTT to a broker somewhere. And there are a lot of videos, especially with Opto22, doing that. And um, so this is just another one of their great videos in their series, and I wanted to share that with you. From there, we go over to our other science and technology uh, section, and this is from the IEEE. And this is the top programming languages of 2023, right? 
And I really enjoyed this article as a programmer, a lifelong programmer, who started with BASIC in my preteens, right, with my uh, uh, Apple II at school and the Commodore VIC-20 at home. Um, I just love looking back at this. And so for 2023, I'm going to try, uh, yeah, I can't make it too much bigger. But in any case, um, the number one language, and they give this at, at the top of the list, they give it a value of one, um, is Python. So if you need to know, Python is far away the leader for today for programming languages, according to the survey. And um, number two would be Java at point, point 0.5, let's say 0.59, I'll round up. And then C++ at 0.54. So really, you can see how, how uh, Python has really become a uh, top dog here as far as programming languages. Then we have C, we have JavaScript, we have C Sharp, and then SQL, I think that's one, two, three, four, in, in the seventh place at 0.34. And then as we go down, it gets funny. We see PHP here, HTML. Uh, HTML is 0.14. Uh, PHP is 0.12. And we keep going down, keep going down. And uh, we see assembly. Then we, we actually, they get so small, they stop giving us numbers. Then visual basic. So assembly is more, you know, I used to do a lot of visual basic in the 90s when, it, when they added VBA to RSView. And uh, I loved that. I always enjoyed basic. Uh, then we have uh, close in a, a close to Visual Basic is Fortran, and a COBOL comes up here. And if I keep going, there's a point to doing this Lab View. And then as I keep going down the list, Pascal. I actually learned Pascal. Uh, that was really my my third language I learned, and I really liked it. Um, and then we come right down, way 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 down here under CoffeeScript, which always sounds delicious, um, is Ladder Logic. So. Just a tiny sliver, but it doesn't make the list. It's one, two, three, four, five up from the bottom of this list, which looks like it has 30 or 40, maybe 50 different entries on it. But I wanted to share it with you. I thought it was fun. You can definitely see when it comes to programming, you know, industrial automation and PLCs are very, very small part of the overall industry. And with that, if you think I missed any news today, please click on the submit news link and uh, let me know what I missed. And you can also send in feedback. Our 100th show, I believe, for this year is coming up on Wednesday of next week. So uh, I'd love to read out some uh, user comments. So sh uh, feel free to submit those there. Um, also want to thank our sponsor who underwrote the cost of producing today's show, theautomationschool.com. If you know anybody who needs PLC, HMI, or SCADA training, please send them over to theautomationschool.com. With that, I also want to remind you, you can follow me for free over at automation.locals.com. I want to thank everybody who has. Every day I see more and more people following me over here. Thank you. I do post links to the show and everything I do up here. Um, um, also want to get back to doing uh, live streams for members only. Membership starts at $2 a month. And there's only one tier. So you get everything at $2 a month. So um, including links to, uh, if you're ever looking for an old download, you think I have it, I post those up here. I usually put them up there for like six months at a time. So if you need like old Slick 100 software, DTM software, I don't feel like I can share that with everybody, but I can share them with my friends. So I do that up here. Um, from there we go over to, I can hear some thunder. From there we go over to, I just want to say thank you. I saw some more folks picking up the uh, eBooks and video collections over the last couple of days. So I want to say a thank you to you guys. You can find those over at theautomationblog.com forward slash tab. And then uh, also want to thank those of you who picked up coffee cups, t-shirts, or some of our other swag over at theautomationblog.com forward slash shop. And with that, just to remind that every link I've talked about in all 96 episodes, I guess, um, so far, 
this year, uh, you'll find all those links over at automate.news. No www, no .com, just automate.news. And um, yesterday's links got up there a little late. I got so tied up and so busy in the morning that um, they didn't get up there to almost, uh, I don't know, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. But I did get them up there, and usually they're up there right after I upload the show. I just get distracted yesterday. But in any case, you can see all the ones from yesterday up there now. And I also include links to each show as well. And with that, I just want to thank you all for taking time out of your busy day, whether you're watching the live stream with us this morning or you're watching later in the day. I really want to thank you for taking time out of your day to take a look at what's new and happening in industrial automation with me. And I want to wish you all a very happy, safe, healthy, and dry day. Hopefully you're not getting stuck in any of these storms. And uh, until next time, my friends, peace.